and you'll be surprised. Again, if I had a choice between this morning's message and the one tonight, I would pick the one tonight. But uh, so I think you've heard that before. All right. Good to see everybody, and we pray that you're doing well. Uh, we are doing well. Uh, the, um, the virus has not touched our family or anybody that we know of in our church. And any of my relatives, uh, my wife's relatives that we know of, nobody has, has really had any kind of problems at all. So anyway, let's go ahead and pray. And we want to ask you to uh, uh, go to 2 Samuel chapter 12. And we're going to uh, continue on through the life of David this morning. So let's go ahead and bow for prayer. Our Father, thank you for this day. We pray, Lord, that you'll bless us. And we ask God that the Holy Spirit would be uh, near and dear to us, lead us and guide us and teach us and help us and convict us and Lord comfort us. And we pray that you'll bless our study as we uh, go through the life of David. And we pray and thank you for the word of God this morning, wherever we are, wherever we're doing, uh, Lord, we have the Bible with us and thank God for that. We, we love the Lord this morning. We pray and thank God for what we have in our wonderful country and we pray and thank God most of all for salvation and this wonderful book that we get to look into. Bless us now Lord in this study in Jesus name. Amen. All right well let's go to Second Samuel chapter 12 and we're going to uh, look at the restoration of David. David was restored almost immediately after he had sinned with Bathsheba. Now, it was not that his sin didn't have repercussions, and uh, the, the problem with his sin was that no sin is worth it, and no sin can be committed uh, without some kind of retribution and judgment. Uh, in other words, the Lord says that he pays for sin, but we uh, have to take the, the problem, uh, the repercussions of our sins on a present-day level. So he is, shows his mercy toward David almost immediately, and yet he judges immediately too. And so let's go look, take a look at how God restored David, uh, a wonderful man of God. Uh, and remember, when God judges and when he punishes, he never does it so that he could destroy us. He always uh, punishes us, and he gives us uh, judgments on our lives uh, accurately and lovingly with compassion and mercy um, so that we can be restored, never ever to be destroyed. Never and never does God ever want to destroy anybody with his judgments. That, that's important for us to know as Christians. And we can see this in the life of David. So let's look at uh, chapter 12. And I uh, want to ask you please to turn uh, to verse number 13. Uh, and uh, we'll see now, first of all, the cost, of course, was, was too much for him to pay. Uh, look at verse 13. It says, And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, Right away, the Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. That's encouraging to know for David's sake, not only with the shock of his um, exposure, but the man of God, uh, Nathan, knew, and God knew, and, and the shock of his, uh, I guess you could say, 
uh, how it was exposed, you see uh, right away David was forgiven. He said that right away God had, had put away his sin. That's because he was a Christian. That's because he was saved. That's because he knew the Lord. Now remember, when anybody ever sins, it, it happens all the time. And, uh, but you, you need to realize that all the sins that we have ever committed in the past and the present and the future are all con, uh, considered under the blood of Jesus now. And uh, it doesn't give us a license to sin because there's retribution, there's punishments. There is uh, there's an effect. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap, no doubt. But yet we're forgiven. At the same time we are judged, we're the, at the same time we're forgiven. That's amazing to me. Uh, so right away, David learns that his sin was put away, but the effects of it uh, was not put away. Watch what happens. You remember now, last week, um, we, we said that uh, David said, this, this man shall restore fourfold. And we gave some ideas maybe that happened. But the first uh, tragedy uh, because of this sin was that the baby died. And we're going to take a look at it. And even in the death of this baby, we can see the mercy and compassion of the Lord. Look at verse 14. Howbeit, because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. That's the first uh, punishment, if you could, if you could put it that way, uh, the first retribution, the first uh, uh, act of uh, 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 sowing, you know, and reaping. And so that's the first thing that happened. Very tragic. Uh, and there's no way to judge other people when when babies die. There's no other way. You could you can never judge that. The only way we can judge this is because the Bible says it. So let's not carry this into other people's lives. Anytime a baby passes away, doesn't mean that something was done very wrong by the parents. We don't have that judgment. We can't judge that way. But for this particular. Uh, Instance, we know that this happened to David and Bathsheba. The baby died. That was the first judgment. And now, even in that, we have the mercy of God. Watch why, how this plays out. Um, so the baby did die. Uh, verse 15, Nathan departed unto his house, and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bare unto David, and it was very sick. Uh, David therefore besought God for the child, and David fasted and went in and lay all night upon the earth. Uh, you can see his, his his humility. You can see how he was brokenhearted over his sin. He already uh, confessed. He already laid bare his soul. He he was honest with God and honest with the man of God, honest with everybody, and he was struck with a tremendous guilt. But now his heart is broken because the baby's sick. Now, the baby didn't die yet. So uh, David had a, had a plan to go fast and pray. And he was very, very serious about this he, all night long. Verse 17 says, And the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the earth. But he would not. He wouldn't get off of his face. He was on the earth praying and fasting neither did he eat bread with them so he wouldn't eat 
and he wouldn't get up. He laid down on the earth and he prayed and cried out to God on behalf of the baby because right now the baby was sick. In verse 18 it says, and it came to pass on the seventh day, now hold that for a minute, seven days, seven long, grueling, heart-wrenching days, David laid on the earth and wouldn't eat and prayed and fasted and cried out to God. That says something about David's heart. Um, Unfortunately, the baby does die. It says in verse 18, at the seventh day the child died, and the servants of David feared to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spake unto him, and he would not hearken unto our voice. How will he then vex himself if we tell him that the child is dead? But David, uh, but when David saw that his servants whispered, David perceived that the child was dead. And what? watch what happens now. Therefore David said unto his servants, Is the child dead? And they said, He is dead. Then David rose up from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he came to his own house, and when he required, they set bread before him, and he did eat. Then said his servants unto him, What thing is this that thou hast done, that or thou didst fast and weep for the child while it was alive, but when the child was dead, thou didst arise and eat bread? Now here's something interesting that David said, and I think you should get this. He said, verse 22, While the child was yet alive, and I fasted and wept, for I said, Who can tell whether, whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead. Wherefore should I fast? Now here's something I want you to focus on this for a minute. Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. So we know that the baby was a boy. We know that the baby died and went to heaven. And all babies who are either taken at birth or before birth or or right after birth or up until a point where they have um, an age of unaccountability, a baby passes away, it goes straight to be with Jesus. It doesn't matter what the parents lived like. It doesn't matter what kind of family they came from. It doesn't matter how sinful the parents were. The baby dies. The baby goes to heaven. That's Bible. Now watch. David said that he would go to the baby, him, and uh, but the baby could not return to David. That proves right there the mercy of God. It proves right there the grace of God. There's so many children in America that are born in terrible conditions. Some uh, hundreds and hundreds and thousands of babies are taken uh, before they're born. Some after they're born. I want you to know, heaven is being populated by a tremendous amount of infants. And we should rejoice in that. Did you see then the grace of God? Even though the, 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 the mother was a sinner, the, the father was a sinner, David and Bathsheba, in sin did my mother conceive me. 
They did conceive that baby in sin. It was a sinful act. But the baby went to heaven. And God put away his sin. I think it's tremendous that in the middle of all this heartbreak, God's mercy is also shown. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, the Bible says. None righteous, no, not one. In uh, Psalm 14, would you turn there with me real quickly? In Psalm 14, it's so important for us to know this, uh, that even in the middle of a sinful world, we have a a God that gives us this encouragement um, to know that it doesn't matter if you go to church, it doesn't matter who it is, everybody's a sinner. It doesn't matter from the preacher uh, to the population of the unsaved world out there. And, and there's a lot of people in the world that live continuously in a state of debauchery and degradation and uh, heathenism all over the world. That it's, it's no worse than the heathenism in, in the heart of anybody because we're all sinners. Look at this now. Uh, and I, and this, is, this is not to depress anybody. It's to show you that God uh, had to deal with this sin. It says in verse number 2 of Psalm 14, The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. Well, the answer is no. Nobody ever really understands fully and completely. Nobody looks to, to find God. Uh, God had to come and give us the gospel. Look at the verse 3. They're all gone aside. They're all together become filthy. There's none that doeth good. No, not one. Have all the workers of iniquity no knowledge who eat up my people as they eat bread and call not upon the Lord? There were they in great fear, for God is in the generation of the righteous. Ye have shamed the counsel of the poor because the Lord is his refuge. Oh, that the salvation of Israel were come out of Zion. When the Lord bringeth back the captivity of his people, Jacob shall rejoice and Israel shall be glad. If it had not been for God who first loved us, we would not naturally want to love God. If it had not been for Jesus coming and dying on the cross, no man would ever seek the Lord. If it had not been for God's amazing grace, David would not know what to do. David would not have a sacrifice for his sin. The fact is, David and everybody in this world has to admit that they too need the Lord. They're, we're all sinners in the sight of God. So this, uh, this terrible situation of the baby's death was also a little window into the grace of God. Now, the sword... Uh, was never going to leave David's house. He did sin. He did commit that sin, uh, Bathsheba as well. The baby's death was the first uh, judgment uh, over the life of David. But then there was more to it. Uh, The sword was never going to leave his house. He'd have to be a a warrior all his life, and he was. And then uh, the Bible says that God said, I'm going to rise up evil against thee out of your own house. And so you can see Absalom and uh, all, all the terrible sin that he committed. And you can see uh, Amnon and, and other uh, retribution and sin that came into his life. So David uh, constantly had to deal with the effects of his sin. Although the grace of God was there as well. 
Um, and then, of course, the baby passed away. Now, one thing I need to uh, stress here, David didn't get bitter at God. David didn't get mad at God and angry with Him. David was humble and gracious, and he actually took his punishment. Now, that doesn't mean he enjoyed it. doesn't mean he welcomed it. But anytime Christians uh, seem to get in trouble, they sometimes get bitter uh, and, and in prison. Uh, there's a lot of bitterness in the prisons, not just Christians, of course, but I've been preaching in many prisons, and many times I've been able to uh, be along uh, with the prisoners and talk, talk to them and, and preach to them and have Bible studies with them. And I notice there's, there's a tremendous uh, infection of bitterness in some of the prisoners and some won't come to services some won't they don't even want to talk about God anymore they're in a fit of rage and that's sad because you know uh, the law was meant to bring us toward Jesus the law uh, was meant to uh, be a schoolmaster to teach us we needed the Lord some have rejected that and gotten hard and bitter but David didn't do that David didn't get angry at God he, he began to fast and pray and he sought the Lord and began to worship the Lord after the baby passed away. <clears throat> he went to church and worshiped God. So remember, Christian, uh, whatever God does in the way of uh, maybe punishing you from time to time, and everybody, the Bible says every child of God it, it cannot be without some chastisement. We are all chastised from time to time. Every one of us should... Uh, stray away from 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 getting uh, to the point where we need chastisement but once it comes it's never supposed to be to to destroy you no no nothing god does is ever uh, designed to ruin your life and destroy you and uh, bring you into depression all the time david worshiped god look at chapter uh 12 and uh <clears throat> verse uh verse 20 or excuse me uh verse 23 now but now he is dead wherefore should I fast can I bring him back again I shall go to him but he shall not return to me now David comforted Bathsheba his wife and uh, of course they had another son called Solomon that's another blessing of God that's another form of mercy and compassion the first baby died but God gave them another child now let me ask you this. You think maybe Solomon and Bathsheba, you think maybe they had a little animosity, a little fear, a little anxiety about that second baby? I guarantee you they did. And when they had that baby Solomon, when he was born, I guarantee you they were rejoicing. And they felt like God had given them uh, a rebirth, you know, because uh, a, a sunshine in the soul, you know, knowing that God had forgiven them. You see how God always does that. He'll give judgment, but yet He loves us at the same time. He doesn't judge us like the world does. Okay, so now uh, uh, David began to worship, but I want you to turn with me to Psalm 51 because it shows more of how David dealt with his own personal sin, which is a tremendous example of how you and I ought to always have our heart uh, in tune with the Lord, dealing with mistakes that we make and problems that arise. And every one of us, the Bible uh, teaches us very clearly, 
You're going to make mistakes and you're going to handle things wrong. You're going to have fits of rage and fits of temper. Uh, You're going to hurt somebody else's life at times. You'll hurt your own. You will fail. You, You will really make a mess of things at times in your life. No doubt, we're all a fallen race. We're all uh, we're not even using all of our brain. Even Christians, if they don't follow the Lord, can get into terrible, serious problems in their life. And it's important for us to know that if we have the heart that David had, we can we can enjoy a victory and restoration <clears throat> over over times in our life that we have failed ourselves. So. Don't don't call yourself a failure. Don't call yourself uh, names. Uh, remember remember what David did. Let's look at Psalm fifty one. God put this psalm in the Bible for a good reason. It wasn't just David's idea. It was certainly the hand of God that inserted this psalm into the Bible. Psalm Psalm fifty one was written by David after he had uh, gotten right with God because of the sin of Bathsheba and that whole situation. Let's look at it. The first thing you're going to see is mercy, loving kindness, and a multitude of tender mercies. David cries out to God. Verse number one, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. That first verse gives you a window into how David felt about God. He knew God. He knew God was merciful. He knew God had loving kindness. And he knew that he had a multitude of tender mercies. He cries out to God on behalf of God's character. And that's what people miss. Uh, most people are scared of God. They're frightened of Him. They don't, they don't know how to react and interact with God. God is love. God is wonderful. God is, is, is healing. He's always spectacular in his love and kindness. David knew that. And so right off the bat, he confesses his sin and he goes to the Lord. And on behalf of God's wonderful mercy and greatness and uh, tender mercies, he asks in verse 1 that God would blot out his transgressions. That is where David starts. Then, in verse number 2, he begins to ask God to wash him, cleanse him. It says in verse 2, Wash me throughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. This is a pattern of how any Christian can get right with God. And verse number 3, he says, For I acknowledge my transgressions, And my sin is ever before me. So there's never a day when he doesn't realize what he had done. See, God's wonderful. He doesn't forget what we did, but he remembers that we're forgiven. It's how we treat other people. I don't have to forget what somebody did to me. I I can't lie to myself. Christians can't lie and say, well, I don't even remember you did that. Yeah, you remember. And But you have to also... Remember that it's forget, forgiven and forgotten. In other words, you, you don't have to forget everything that happens to you, but you can restore somebody and you can, uh, you can remember that you forgave them. And God always remembers that He forgives people. He always has this ever before Him sin, but yet 
He said, I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. So he knew the judgment of God. He'd never forget the baby died. He's never going to forget the problems that are going to come. But he can always deal with them properly. I think Christians need to realize how to deal with their their lives properly, how to deal with your failures, how to deal with things that you've done and mistakes and, and transgressions that you've committed. You need to remember how to properly deal with those. Because Christian, listen, if you pile those up and you won't let them go like God did, what will happen is you will be depressed in such a way that you you will you will not be the the kind of christian you could be in other words you don't you don't stack up all the problems that you've had and live with them you put them under the blood just like jesus did can you imagine a christian that won't won't forget all the failures that he's had would you are they supposed to be listed in some book somewhere Surely not. I have a different book that I have. I have a book of blessings and answers to prayer. Uh, I don't. I don't keep. I don't keep a list of all my sins. Boy, the devil is good enough. He's called the accuser. So, isn't this amazing how David dealt with this problem? Verse number four. David further acknowledges what he had done to God. He said, "Against thee, thee only, have I sinned." Now, I realize that you can sin against somebody, but the fact here is deeper than somebody forgiving you. The, the fact here is, is like this. Let's say, uh, let, let's say a man steals a car, and he, and he goes back, and uh, he gives the car back to the dealership, and the dealership manager comes out and says, yeah, we, we, we reported that car stolen. And, uh, man, I'm glad you brought it back. Well, what if the car dealership manager comes out and says, you know what? I totally forgive you. I totally forgive you. Now, that's really wonderful. But guess what? God is the one that he sinned against. Not not just the, the car dealership, but anytime we sin, it's ultimately and, and intentionally against God. Now, if if the whole world forgives somebody doesn't mean God did yet you see that that's why there's a lot of uh, oh there's a lot of uh, easing of all the restrictions now in America and many many of the prisons are so overcrowded that the governors are saying oh let them go yeah that I think even our governor in our state wanted to let thousands go but that doesn't mean they're forgiven that doesn't mean it's okay They've still committed the sin. So David here said accurately that when he sinned, verse 4, he says, I, I, against thee, thee only, God, have I, have I sinned. And, and, and David knew that. And, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Remember, sin is described as a transgression of the law a foolish thought a an omission of god's commandments there's so many details the bible says the thought of foolishness is sin there's so many sins in the bible but it's not it's not something that we can just say oh yeah i i got forgiven you know bob forgave me of that friend 
You must go to God over your personal sin. Nobody else is sinned against. Look at this. It says that thou mayest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. God revealed that to David. David knew that he had sinned and he went to God about it. First and foremost, he went to the Lord. He worshiped, he fasted, he prayed. He told God he was sorry. He, he, he acknowledged his sin. He asked God to cleanse him and wash him. And the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That, that's not having anything to do with whether or not man forgives you. Because let me ask you this, if you committed a sin against a person and they haven't forgiven you yet, are you forgiven? Are you able to be forgiven? Well, the answer is yes. Yes, there's, there's people that can't forgive other people. But God forgives because he shed his blood for every sin that man has ever committed. So if you go to God and you confess your sins to him and you acknowledge it like David did, and you cleanse your heart and you get straight right with God and you fully acknowledge everything that God has said that is not right, you can be forgiven and yet other people in this world might not forgive you, but you can rest assured you can be in peace, harmony with the Lord, you can run your life just like God wants it and you can go on in happiness and peace and, and you can live your life as a happy peaceful, wonderful Christian, even though somebody else might not ever forgive you. But if you've been forgiven by God, you're forgiven. And so this is, a, this is what David tells us here. Now watch me. He's not done yet. He's not finished. He didn't say, eh, I'm sorry. Oh no, this, this hurt him deeply. And uh, the Bible says, you know, Jesus reminds us that even the prostitute that was forgiven by Jesus she loved him a lot and he said he that has been forgiven much will love much so david still loved god because he was forgiven for a lot and he and he knew what he had done and he he handled it right now he can have fellowship with god again it says in verse 7 purge me this uh purging that's when you get really cleansed. It's like you boil water. There's no germs in the water. Believe me. All right. It says, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. So the purging and the washing comes from God. Now, do you know where he's referencing this, this word called hyssop? That was a branch of a, a bush. And when, the, uh, when Exodus, when they're getting ready to leave uh, Egypt, and they were going to have that Passover evening. Uh, God told them, take that hyssop, dip it in the blood, and put it on posts of the door and on the lintel, that's the part above the door, and to use that was the hyssop. It was a branch of a plant. You dip it in the blood and strike it, and then you're cleansed. And anybody inside the house was under the blood. David makes full reference right here. He said very clearly, 
Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. So David experienced the forgiveness of God, which is no doubt. And he went on in full fellowship with the Lord. And God did purge him. You remember in Isaiah chapter 1, it says, uh, Come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as wool. Those shall be red like crimson, they shall, or like snow. Those shall be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. That cleansing uh, was even known by the prophets too. Now, sin makes, makes it feel like our bones are broken for some reason. Look at uh, Psalm 51. He said, Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. The bones that thou hast broken. Wow. I wonder why he felt like his bones were broken. Maybe we could shut that. I don't know. But make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. You know, David felt like his bones were broken. I've never had a bone break. I don't know what that feels like. Please, I don't want that. I don't want to know. Well, some of you have had bones broke. David felt like that. You know, that sin got into his life and he was broken. He was a man broken. And look what he said here. Hide thy face from my sin and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart O Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. And that's a wonderful thing David starts praying. And then he says in verse 11, Cast me not away from thy presence, and make not thy ho- take not thy Holy Spirit from me. He felt like his whole life was shot to pieces. His bones felt like they were broken. His spirit was broken. He, he, he was depressed. And he, he thought that he would be cast away. I'm glad God didn't do that to him. I'm glad God said, no, no, I'm going to restore you. Galatians 6.1 says that we ought to restore one another. Look at verse 12. He says to God in prayer, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. And now David had a knowledge that if he could just get this taken care of in his life, he could rebound, he could be restored, he could be renewed. The Bible says be renewed in the spirit of your mind and be restored. You see those wonderful words of restoration and renewal uh, and redemption. Uh, and so verse 13, he said, after that happens, then will I teach transgressors thy ways, sinners shall be converted unto thee. Even back in David's day, people were being converted to faith in God and faith in a sacrifice, faith in the coming Messiah. Verse 14, deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, uh, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. Now he knew that he caused the death of uh, Uriah, but he wanted to for- be forgiven of that too. He was blood guilty, but he got forgiven. There's nothing that God won't forgive. There's nothing in this world that God can't cleanse except unbelief. 
He, he refuses to uh, cleanse somebody that doesn't believe in Christ. All other sins can be forgiven, but that one sin is the one most in, indelible sin that cannot be removed. It's a stain that cannot be uh, removed. There's no, there's no belief, unbelief that can't be wiped away if somebody dies in their sin. And uh, he knew that. And so thank God for salvation. Now, I want to finish with this this morning. It says, O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. Notice in the middle of the law, David, David had the priesthood, he had the Levites. He, had, he could have given God uh, burnt sacrifices. He could have taken a whole herd of cattle and sheep and oxen and everything. He could have had a most huge, huge day of sacrifice. And he knew that's not what God would have been pleased with. So Christian, what God's really after is your heart. He, he's after David's heart. He wants you and I to know no matter what you try to do for God, it's no, it's no account if your heart's not right with the Lord. You can't pile up things that you do for God and then have an evil heart. You have to have your heart right with God and then your works will be rewarded. It says he would have been able to offer a lot of sacrifices. All right, lastly, the sacrifices of God in verse 17 are of a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. So that's what God's after this morning. He's after a broken heart, a contrite spirit. He's not after somebody that says, Oh yeah, I kind of made a mistake. Yeah, no big deal. Everybody does it. I'm sorry. Oh, I'll try not to do it again. Uh-uh. What would, what would cause David to get down on the earth and fast and pray what would it cause David to think his bones were broken? That maybe God had left him and maybe God uh, needed to restore his joy back. Boy, I'll tell you what. We need, to, we need to take seriously the sins that we commit in our lives and treat them properly and go to the Lord and get those under the blood. David became a great king after this, even after all that he had done. So let's pray that God would restore Every, every Christian brother and sister. And if you need restoration, Psalm 51 is right in the Bible. What a tremendous book. All right, we're going to uh, uh, break now, and we're going to be back right at uh, 11 o'clock your time. And so uh, that's, that's Pacific uh, time. And so uh, let's bow for prayer. Thank you, Father.